And welcome back, Rooster Boosters, to Rooster Booster Time. I'm the big guy, Scott Ferrara. That's Mike the Grand Poobah Parazzini. And we are here with you on another Tuesday uh, night at 7 p.m. Uh, gotta love it. Um, you know, we love doing this show. We love bringing you guys uh, some interesting news and our thoughts about Rooney and, and everything. Um, so we're very excited to have uh, episode two of, of season three of Rooster Booster Time. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, trying to stay, you know, as, as warm as possible right now. You know, being, you know, <laughs> getting get some cold snaps here in, you know, upstate New York, but doing pretty good other than that. Sweet. Yeah. You know, it's, it wasn't too cold by me, um, to be quite honest. Um, it was probably 32, 33, but here's the thing. Um, the wind chill is killing me. Um, it really is. It, it really is. The wind is, is taking it down to like 15 when you're outside. Um, and it was, it was freaking terrible. But, uh, you know, got a little bit of snow. I don't know if you guys got any snow up there. Yep. Got a little bit of snow as well. Nice. Um, you know, we uh, most of our snow, unfortunately, then got hit with rain. So it became really freaking heavy. That's the worst snow uh, you can really have. And, um, you know, and as we know, that's one of the signature things about Rooney, right, is uh, shoveling their own pitch uh, for, for spring training. Uh, as as Mike uh, was talking about it uh, before, right, Mike? It's it's going to toughen us up. Yeah, and give it's, us... it's going to yeah, it's going to be great. You know, I, you know, one of the the good things about you know Rooney is the fact that you know we we play in such you know a a tundra, a frozen tundra. So at least you know Northeast teams, I think, are going to have like an early advantage when it comes to these early games. You know, I'm, I was telling Scott, you know, I've been looking at other teams and their preseasons. Uh, you know, Austin is down in Texas training. <laughs> You know, L.A. is out, you know, playing in the sand and the surf. You know, they got teams out there, you know, joining, you know, lapping up, you know, enjoying the sun and, you know, getting ready for it. And they all look happy, you know, as happy as you can be doing, you know, physical activities and stuff like that. But still, you know, when you're in the sun, it's not so bad. You know, here, you know, guys are out in the snow, in the you know, the freezing cold. And now with the fact that the season, you know, last year they pushed back the season a little bit. This mm-hmm. year, you know, it's moved back to its original time, you know, where it originally was. This is just going to help us out, I think, in the long run. You know, practicing in this crap in, you know, the freezing cold, uh, it's going to play to our advantage once, you know, teams have to come to play in uh, New York. So it's going to be great. I like it. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, You know, like, like we always try and do the, since last season, we're trying to uh, push that attitude, that hardworking blue-collar attitude. And guess what? If you live in a place where, um, you know, it snows, most people are going to have to take care of it themselves, you know. So I think it's a uh, uh, fits right in with what they're trying to build there, at Rudy. Um, yep. And uh, sorry, I'm just looking. Uh, <laughs> I had a prep going, and then it 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 didn't work out too well. But uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, so let's talk about some player signings. Uh, the the first player signing I want to talk about. Obviously, I'm going to be talking about. Um, the big guys up front and uh, Nick Mayhew signs with New York. Now um, he's out of uh, Auckland, New Zealand comes from a rugby family. His, his father, John is a doctor, but he worked uh, in uh, the NRL with the New Zealand warriors and uh, both his uh, brothers, Mike and Richard played in the prem. Um, Nick also played in the prem him and all of his brothers are, were qualified to play for England uh, actually uh, as his father was born there um, and Australia and New Zealand through his grandfather. I always find that interesting. Those trees, of where people, um, you know, can, can are qualified to play. Um, but, you know, he played, you know, four years with the Harlequins in England. Um, 
you know, he, he was registered uh, for the RFU championship prior to that. Uh, he did this. He played with the London Scottish after his stint with the Quins. Um, I think they said he had 20 appearances. Um, and then he started playing in, in uh, you know, the, the cup series down in New Zealand, Mitre 10 or what, what was the prior iterations, ITM cup, you know, Bunnings, Mitre 10, that type of stuff. Um, in 2020, he played uh, super rugby with the Seawolves. Um, so, I mean, you know, this is a guy who's well-traveled as far as his rugby career. Um, 33 years old. He's not, you know, a spring chicken, but sometimes you don't want a spring chicken up front. You know what I mean? Um, so I think he's one of the better signings Rooney had considering we lost our buddy Samu to a great uh, super uh, rugby side in uh, the Fijian Drua. So, you know, can't can't go wrong when these guys leave the MLR to go play somewhere else. You know what I mean? And, and play in the in the – upper echelons of the game, but uh, I like Nick Mayhew. I think it's a great signing and I can't wait to see him on the pitch. Yeah, definitely going to be a great addition, you know, or, you know, like we said, or our, 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 one of our great things that we've had is been, you know, our pack and, you know, been able to, you know, do those, you know, nice driving malls, um, you know, those working those nice line outs and our, our scrums have been incredibly strong. And so mm-hmm. I, he definitely will be a great addition to the team and not a spring ch- chicken, but, you know, he brings in all that knowledge that, you know, of all those years of playing, you know, international rugby. And so he'll bring that in and it'll just, you know, help fuel Rooney. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, who do you got? What do you, what kind of signings are you looking at? Who, who do you think? I was looking at, uh, I don't, I don't think we talked about him. We talked about uh, Jason Emery is, you know, mm-hmm. who I was looking at. We haven't at, talked about know. Jason. No. We haven't talked. He is kind of on the, I guess, kind of a spring chicken. Not really. He's he's a chicken, I guess. Not a, not old, not young. Twenty eight <laughs> in the rugby world, mm-hmm. so he's younger than me. So, but I'm I'm I guess I'm old, an old boy in rugby <laughs> now. So I'm still dealing with that. It's okay. But you know, incredibly well traveled as well when it comes to rugby. You know, playing for the Highlanders um, in New Zealand, playing for the Sunwolves in Japan, you know, a New Zealand under 20 rugby player, a Maori all black, um, could be a, a nice addition as a center, you know, working off of Quinn. Um, this is definitely someone that's going to be, you know, he's definitely got the skills, the offloading ca- capability, um, to just really be able to, you know, create tries and create opportunities for us down the run. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think you're right. And I think you've, you've seen a style of play with Rooney specifically uh, with the backs that they want to go to that almost seven style, you know, what do we call the Southern hemisphere uh, style of, of fluid play. And you get, and that that's, that's the reason you'll, you'll notice that they're more seven to 15 converts in the Southern hemisphere than they're on the North Northern hemisphere. Cause it's just a different game professionally, you know, at that point. Um, but you see a lot of these converts coming and playing 15s and you're seeing what they can do in the open field with the ball, you know, Appy and Fossey being two of those guys. Um, so adding more players like that, I think, is what you need because, again, as you build the fluidity, um, you could do more things. You don't have to just rely on the kicking game and territory um, when you don't have to. Um, so, you know, why, why not have a multifaceted approach to attacking, which we have seen Rudy do in multiple matches this season? Um, uh, speaking of backs, <laughs> very excited. Uh, Ed Fido, um, you know, 28 year old, six foot two, 200 pound wing out of Samoa. Um, he's played rugby in Samoa, New Zealand, Australia, France, England, and he's coming here to the States in 2022. He played for uh, Provence and uh, Pro D2 in France. 
Um, he was a medical joker for the uh, Bordeaux Beagles in the top four, French top 14. Um, he is a uh, uh, played has 14 tests uh, caps rather against uh, uh, for uh, Samoa um, with 12, I think, tries. I think, yeah, I think I'm trying to, sorry, uh, the, the wording is a little weird here. But, yeah, 12 tries uh, in international tests. Um, and he was with uh, with the Worcester Warriors uh, for the last two years. So, I mean, you're getting a guy coming right from the premiership um, to play for Rudy. And it's funny, um, you know, if you guys are going to check out uh, um, my other show I do, the Rugby Rant on uh, Thursday, it'll drop Thursday night. Um, um, Holden Youngard, who's now a New England Free Jack, talked about how you're going from college to the draft to the MLR team to playing against somebody who is in the premiership. And that's a guy that's, you know, Ed is fits that mold being in the premiership for, for Worcester two years, you know? So it's, 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 I'm glad, I'm glad to see that these guys are coming to the States to apply their trade and, and really bring the level of rugby up um, from to where it needs to be. Um, you know, and I think it's going to be, it's honestly, I think it's going to be awesome. I'm very excited. Um, and another sevens guy, um, he represented Samoa in the World Seven Series from 2015 to 2017, um, 46 appearances, scoring 21 tries. And then he went back to 15s. So, I mean, this is a guy who, in his, when he was a little younger, was motivated by the sevens and then came on as, as, as a 15s player. And I think that's great to see because it's, it, well, in my opinion, it's kind of maturation and in, in knowing like, Hey, you know, my, maybe my speed has gone down a little bit for sevens, but yeah. I could translate those skills on teams at a high level professionally on 15. So I love seeing that. Yeah. You definitely, you know, as, as time has gone on, we're definitely seeing, yeah, those more and more of those sevens guys, you know, switching over as they mm-hmm. get older and it definitely, you know, it converts well, you know, especially if, you know, there's, if they still have that, you know, that little bit of speed, especially, you know, they might not be sevens fast, but they could be fifteens fast. And there is there is Absolutely. definitely a difference between the two. Um and but yeah, that knowledge, that offloading capability, that you know, that fluidity kind of works perfectly for what you know they want. And I think that's gonna be you've seen that with Rooney definitely, and you've seen that you're gonna see that more, I think, with the MLR in general. You've seen a lot more teams picking up these sevens guys that, you know, maybe yeah, you know, the guys with sevens backgrounds that know what they're doing mm-hmm. can, you know, add that, you know, that attacking power to you know, an MLR side that maybe in the past didn't have that attacking power. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Who, who do you got next on your list? I was going to bring it to a forward. So I was going to go uh, Joe Basser. Oh, so I nice. did, you know, one forward, one back, go back. And now we're the forward Joe Basser, uh, you know, 22 year old, six two two thirty back row player holding both in Australia or Australian and a U.S. passport born in Manhattan. Key. So yeah, North American key, slot. North American yeah, slot. A, yeah, North American slot. So that's a slot that, you know, that wouldn't be a foreign slot. That's, you know, it keeps us bringing these, you know, North American or, you know, U.S. players in, you know, played most of his rugby or all of his rugby in New Zealand, in, you know, Melbourne, um, University of Melbourne, Trinity College. Um, but, you know, coming back now to the U.S. to, you know, to ply his trade. And so these, I think these guys like Joe, that have, you know, those dual passports um, are definitely going to be key going forward in, for the development of, you know, the MLR as well as the development of USA Rugby. You know, we're going to have to look at these guys. Everyone does it. Every other country does it where they pick up guys that kind of, you know, they have both passports or maybe they, you know, they have a residency requirement now. And so they, they play with that team 
Mm-hmm. If we want to continue to grow, we're going to have to look, you know, internationally and say, you know, all right, there's a guy that's playing, you know, in New Zealand. He was just so happens he was born in the U.S., but, you know, doesn't really have roots here, but he's got a, you know, he's technically a U.S. citizen. Let's pick him up. Let's try and, you know, bring him here. Um, so I think, you know, looking around, you know, New Zealand, South Africa, Australia, England, Ireland, looking around and doing that, I think. Uh, so that's going to be the key. And, you know, he's one of the first few guys, uh, you know, to do that. So it's going to be good. Absolutely. To see him play. You know, and, and, and speaking of a guy um, who is going to be a foreign player spot, but, you know, if he stays with Rudy, he might meet the residency requirement at some point. Um, Will Tucker, New Zealand born, um, 23 year old lock. Um, I think by the time the season starts, he'll probably be turning 24. Um, but 6'8, 245, you know, that's one of the biggest things in a lock. You can't teach height. And I feel like um, uh, sometimes on the U.S. sides uh, where they're undermatched um, as far as height is concerned because, you know, most American athletes that are that height are playing basketball or football, you know. So, so you know, you can't teach height. You, you know, God can just give it to you. So it's good to see that we're getting that type of height to match guys like Charlie Hewitt and Nate Brakely and Nick Savetta. It's funny when you see Charlie Hewitt. I think Charlie's 6'9", and I think – Nick is six seven, and that two inch difference is a big difference, especially when I'm looking up like this at him, and you're like, "Oh, Charlie's actually taller than him." Yeah. It's interesting. Um, but going back to Will Tucker, uh, he represented the New Zealand under twenties at the 2018 World uh, Rugby Junior World Championships. Um, between 2018 and 2019, he played Meyer Cup for Canterbury, and then 20 to 21 uh, for Otago. Um, he was also selected for the Highlanders Tour of South Africa and Argentina, as well as playing club rugby with Christchurch RFC. Um, this is a guy who comes from a rugby family. Again, um, his brothers uh, play, uh, you know, Mitre 10. Um, his uh, one brother, James, played for the Chiefs in Super Rugby. So, I mean, you know, you're talking about professional rugby families now, um, guys from those type of families coming over and uh, wanting to play in the MLR. I think it's a big step. So what about your last signing, Mike? Last signing, uh, Kalolo uh, Tulamoa. Mm-hmm. Tula, yeah, Moa. Yeah, that's how you pronounce it. Uh, <laughs> New Zealand, uh, New Zealand born, um, rugby player, tight head prop, another, you know, another prop, another one of those workers, um, you know, played for Highlanders played in New Zealand, but, you know, uh, in 2020 played for the Utah Warriors. Um, so is, you know, familiar with, Mm -hmm. you know, major league rugby, um, play he's a new Z though. He was born in New Zealand. He has four appearances for Samoa. So, you know, on the Samoa national team, this is, I think, going to be a great pickup. It's another one of those, you know, uh, workhorse kind of rugby players that, you know, we need up front. Um, we definitely packed that front row and that, you yeah. know, that, that tight five with some great, great rugby players. Uh, and, you know, we made sure that, you know, we definitely got the rotation in. So uh, it's going to be great to be able to see him play rugby for Bruni this year. Absolutely. Zach Tualafa is going to be happy with all the Usos we have coming up to play with him. Um, you know, and I think, again, you know, a guy who's been around the MLR um, kicked our butt last year uh, when when we played Utah at home, um, you know, sharing sharing the the front uh, the front row with guys like Paul Mullen. You know, so I mean, it's 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 we're coming in and getting a seasoned guy uh, at, at, at his position. I, he'll probably, you know, stick with with. Um, hooking, um, and I think Wilton will stay more with the the propping, in my opinion. Um, uh, and then you also have uh, Caleb Geiger, uh, who's on the team, who came from the American Raptors last year, 
I think we mentioned it, you know, I've probably mentioned it a bunch of times. Caleb is one of those guys that played D2 football, learning the game of rugby. Um, and this will be a great experience behind the butcher, behind Wilton, behind, uh, you know, um, Malolo and all that. So I think um, we're, we're set for the number two position. I think we're set in, in our big spine positions as far as hookers, um, eight man, you know, all the way through. Um, so I'm very excited about that. So let's talk about the schedule a little bit. So bye week, week one, which me and Mike always hate. I mean, we're just we're, we're disgusted with the bye week. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, there's nothing we could really do, but you know it is what it is. So we'll deal with it. Um, we're we're just kind of resigned to the fact that we're probably always going to have a bye week, week one. Um, yeah. The next three weeks are all away, which again is uh, something we're kind of resigned to, even though we're not happy about it. I mean, well, I'm probably less happy about it than Mike because I always feel like, listen, we're in New York for a reason. You know, let's play. Let's play. You know, there, it was funny when they had the Randall's Island Sevens, and everybody was complaining about the weather, except for the you know New Yorkers who were there. But even then, some of the New Yorkers were bitching about the wind. But I mean, that's the whole point. This is use it to our advantage, um, yep. and that brings us to our first home game, which is against the Flapjacks on March sixth, which is actually a week before we normally the past four years or three years have started. We usually started as close to St. Patty's Day as possible, which would have been the thirteenth. But it's been pushed up to March uh, 6th. Um, excuse me. <clears throat> Our first of three, I uh, believe, right? We have three matches against the Free Jacks. Um, and talking about those Free Jack matches, I'm upset that we play two homes and then an away. It should be a home and away and then a home, in my opinion. But, you know, I don't make the schedule. I could just bitch about it. Um, and then going into the week after that, we're playing, we're going to play a hot Legion team that's going to have a full complement of guys uninjured. Um, you know, so I mean, Sabercats, yeah. That. Well, yeah. Sabercats, Atlanta, Dallas, Free Jacks, and San Diego. So we're just to talk about the first uh, five matches. A brand new Sabercats team scares me, you know, because we don't know what's going on with them. Um, Atlanta is the same old team with the, with the same identity. Um, they've gained players, they've lost players, but I think you know what they're going to do as far as a game plan. So I, I in my head you'll be more comfortable scheming that game. Obviously we need to execute to win the game, but my, I feel like the preparation will be a little bit easier in my opinion. Then you're playing a new Dallas Jackals team. Again, that, that in my head goes on the same thing as the Sabercats being a new, you know, even though the Sabercats aren't a new organization, but having all those new people in the organization doing rugby a different way kind of scares me. Um, and then the free Jacks, you know, it's a, it's, we seem, we, it seems as though we never play the free Jacks as hard as we want to. I don't know why, um, you know, right now they're one, one, uh, you know, they're, we're one and two against them and we really need to even out those odds. Um, especially if they're going to steal our mottos and all that other stuff that they do. Um, you know, we really need to even up that score. And then San Diego does scare me because they will have, they should have a full complement of players. And I think they're going to want to prove something after a lackluster 2021. Yeah. Um, I, I think every team improved themselves mm -hmm. in this in this offseason there's not you know everyone went out and made some great signings um you know, like i said we you know we have a first week by which you know that can it can help us that can hurt us we'll you know we'll be able to see what you know what other how other teams are playing we'll get that first um you know that first look kind of uh it just just sucks because you know you want to play that first you know that first week i want to watch you know i'm still going to watch games but you know mm -hmm. it's, it's not going to be the same because I won't be able, you know, to watch Rooney play, but you know, that Houston Sabercats side, you know, they're coming out with vengeance. They made a lot of good signings. Um, you know, rugby ATL 
they got stuff to prove. Um, you know, they beat us, you know, barely, you know, we, we beat them twice in, you know, the regular season mm-hmm. and they beat us in the playoffs where it mattered. So they got, you know, they want to go out there and prove that they, you know, they can still beat us. Dallas Jackals, new boys into the, you know, into the game. Um, we'll see how they do. You know, it, it could be, you know, they could still be finding their groove or what, what have you. Um, and then, yeah, a New England and a San Diego Legion that still, you know, that like to uh, to beat us and, you know, like to prove that they, they can still beat us. Um, I, yeah, I like, and as you said, you know, the three away games, both, you know, in Southern climates, not bad, but you know, the mm-hmm. point of playing in New York is the fact that you're playing in New York, you know, you want to be able to use that, you know, that cold to your advantage. Mm-hmm. I will say March 6th will probably still be cold. <laughs> oh, um, definitely. Oh um, yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I wish that, uh, you know, we were playing a Southern team. I wish he yeah, had that, you know, we were playing NOLA. <laughs> uh, you know, at home on, you know, March 6th, you know, something like that, you know, of our first three home games, because I'm looking, we're, I'm passing a little bit further. First three home games, two of them are against cold weather teams. You know, mm-hmm. you got New England, San Diego, not a cold weather team, warm weather team, but then you've got Toronto um, two weeks later against, you know, so that's, that's another cold mm-hmm. weather team. So you're, you know, kind of blowing away your cold weather advantage and it's, you know, a wash between them. Um but yeah, it's it's it will be very interesting to see how all these teams, you know, these teams match up and these teams and play. It was um, funny. I was just gonna, I was just gonna tell Doug, yeah. um, or, uh, as Doug mentions on screen, you can watch, you know, catch glimpses of SaberCats versus Dallas on Saturday. Um, it's gonna be in Houston. AGs are gonna host Rooney on the 29th. Um, the match between Houston and New Orleans has been canceled due to visa issues. Um, apparently, uh, visa issues, COVID issues, travel issues. It's big, uh, from what I'm hearing, it's a conglomerate of different things. Um, I, I probably has to do with vaccine mandates, you know, not to get political on the show, but you know, countries outside of the United States, some of them have had hard times getting vaccines. So I wonder if they're having issues with some of their players coming in, not getting vaccinated and having to wait the two weeks before they're considered vaccinated. And that's throwing off their preseason schedule. So I wonder what kind of Houston Sabercat team we're going to get, uh, the first week, I guess we'll, we'll see. Um, here's another thing that, that concerns me. The last three matches of the season, um, oh, uh, Atlanta at home, away at Gold Glory, and away at Free Jacks. And you know, as well as I do, the last three weeks always come, you know, we're figuring out the playoffs there. At, 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 by the time May 22nd comes around, you know the Eastern Conference is going to be so tight. We're going to be talking about bonus points. We're going to be talking about, you know, point standings. And I just, I, I would rather, again, another one where maybe it was flipped, you know, two to one or, you know, one, you know, a home away and a home. Um, but I do think that puts us at a disadvantage uh, when it comes to the end of the season. Uh, a couple good spots. Um, we're out in LA uh, Sunday, April 10th, and then a bye week before we're back home against New England. So that's really, I think, a good trip because we're home and then we're going out to LA. And then we're, we have a bye week to kind of catch our breath. And then we're playing uh, New Orleans in New Orleans in March, which, as everybody knows, is still going to be hot, but it's not going to be as hot as is playing them away in, in, in the middle of the season. You know, Our biggest away being at Toronto May 8th. So, again, I don't think we're going to have issues with the climate in Toronto on May 8th, although who knows? There could be a freak snowstorm. <laughs> True, yeah. You know, it seems like they've they've – scheduled games so that climate doesn't pay as much of a factor that, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the warm weather teams are able to play those early games in the warm weather. And it, it seems like they've shifted around so that, you know, those really warm games are, you know, not really happening. 
makes sense too because mm-hmm. you don't you know you want to attract fans if it's if it's too hot or too cold people don't want to come out to you know to watch games to play so you know it, it works out but uh you know we'll see how it all you know it works out in our favor absolutely absolutely um and i can't wait for our first home match you know i got my season tickets you guys season tickets are available i think they're on sale at like 35 percent off i think you get a, uh eight, the eight matches for middle section stands i think for like 140 um which is the lowest price i've ever seen them for rooney um at this point so please get your season tickets i want to see you there um, i'm sure me and mike will still be doing pre-game shows uh, i hope um you know he has his little uh when he shows up to matches he has his little setup and we try and stand on two ends of the the pitch to to get some good video uh it's been working out well uh the big guy has some new i i airpods that hopefully will work instead of the stupid string he's usually on um just gotta bust my my own chops there but yeah so that's the schedule uh the last match is friday june 3rd against free jacks away and then we go into remember we have three rounds of the season of playoffs this year the top three teams in each conference make it the first the number one team gets a bye second and third play each other and whoever wins that plays for the semifinal, and then whoever wins that goes on to the final. Um, you know, for each conference, it's going to be exciting. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get pumped, Mikey. I'm starting to get pumped. So, talking about that this week's big news was Kitmas. Um, the kits came out uh, well last week, essentially, but in between our last show. Um, and you know, I want to talk about the Rudy kits. I personally enjoy them. I think they have, they're clean. And they have just enough flair with the Statue of Liberty silhouette and just the kind of the top of the crown, not the whole Statue of Liberty that I like. And what I really like is the alternative kits, uh, the all black um, um, uh, uh, neighborhoods kit. Yeah. yeah. So the, the the orange jersey, the orange kit behind me is uh, last year's, one of last year's uh, neighborhood jerseys. Um, and then they also had the blue on blue neighborhood jersey, which was supposed to be a training kit last year. And I think ended up being just, they just decided to go with it as a regular kit, which had a couple more neighborhoods on it. Um, and then now they bring on a black on black neighborhood kit, um, almost Brooklyn net esque, which I like. And then also they have the, what's, what's the other one called? The, uh, heritage, the heritage kit. Jersey. Yeah. yeah. For the New York nomads from the 20, the twenties and thirties, um, you know, with the collar and it's really, you know, old style hoops and, and it really looks cool. Um, those are two I'm going to have to get. I think I'm going to have to not get the regular season kits, believe it or not, uh, this year and go with those. Um, it's yeah, I, I just can't. I hope my wife's not listening. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I really liked the, you know, um, the Statue of Liberty design um, it, on the jerseys. It, it seemed like the teams this year were going with kind of like, you know, opposites, you know, so I think it was Austin who had uh, like orange and white and then white and orange. Ours is kind of the same, you know, blue. And then, you know, it still has the same, you know, Statue of Liberty kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like them. I don't love them. I like them. I, I love the, the heritage Jersey, but I am a, I am collars, a rugby jersey. Yeah, I'm a rugby jersey purist. I love collars. I love a jersey with a collar, <laughs> and I love the hoops. I think they look great. Um, I think that's you know that's what a rugby jersey kind of looks like. That being said, I do enjoy, I like the you know the Statue of Liberty kind of design on it. I think it's very it's very New York, yeah. um, and so it it fits well with the team. Um, we were t- I was telling you before i'm gonna i'm gonna say my you know my weekly conspiracy theory um this year it seems like a lot of teams went with white jerseys 
for their away jerseys. And there was a there were a lot more did white away jerseys, some white home jerseys. I have a conspiracy theory that MLR owns stock in Clorox. <laughs> they're waiting for the price to rise. They're waiting for the price to rise when everyone needs to clean their white jersey. Because I I have I think I've mentioned it before. I don't I personally don't like a white jersey. It's just so <laughs> dirty. And, you know, it gets so dirty and so hard to clean, especially if you if you play rugby in it. Uh, and it, it never gets to that, you know, that white ever again. And so I, I I'm assuming that the MLR owns stock in Clorox so that when you get your jersey dirty, your white jersey dirty, you know, they get money, you know, a nice little kickback for, you know, all the uh, all the bleach you have to buy to make sure that it gets somewhat clean. <laughs> you heard it here first. Uh, MLR, George Killebrew have have bought a ton of stock in bleach. That is a conspiracy theory. We'll have to have Greg Rodelli on uh, and, and my cell phone to go over uh, to give a little uh, analysis on the markets on how well that strategy is going to do. Um, but before we go, please rate, review, and subscribe on YouTube and iTunes. Follow us on all social media at RNY fans. Um, come say hi at the Facebook group. Um, and what, uh, the other thing I'm going to need, you know, I'm, st- I'm doing um, signage for the stands again. Um, some of you have probably seen my Rooney Local 23 poster with the Rooster Boosters, and then you know the um, uh, what was the other one? The Butcher's Block, you know, serving tries one mall at a time with Dylan's nice face on it. Um, I want some more ideas for some of these other players here to do a couple more and kind of have sections of fans, you know, cheering on specific players. That's my idea for the upcoming season. So please, um, if you have something that's funny, I'm, I'm I had one for Nate Brakeley, but I wasn't too sure. It was going to be, you know, uh, Nate's uh, Nate's uh, mechanic shop, and it's going to say he will beat the brakes off you. You know what I mean? Uh, but I thought that was a little too corny. So if you guys can help me out with some ideas, that would be great. I appreciate it. Um, but uh, next week we're going to try and have some players on. I know it was a little tight this week because of the weather, um, so they, they we couldn't get anybody on. But hopefully we'll have a player on just to talk about, you know, their experience here if it's a new player or what made these players you know resign with rooney um guys we'll see you next week i'm scott the big guy ferrar that's mike the grand poop barazzini and uh thanks for watching talk to you guys later see ya